So, how are you? Good. Good? Like, actually good? Or like, uh, Sunday morning church good? Like, I'm terrible, but I would never admit that to you. Because this is church, and we all have to be good. Right? We're in December. Just for the record, just so you know, it's December 10th. We are two weeks out from Christmas Eve. Yay! And, and does that create like a sense of dread in anybody? Because you know, it seems like that's like two whole weeks. But you know that two weeks just gonna snowball, and then you're gonna be sitting there, it's gonna be like the 23rd, and you're gonna be like, where do the months go? 24th, you're a guy, you get out of church and you go, I better do some crisp shop. <laughs> not you, my friend. No, 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 no. I was not gonna do that this year. I had all the Christmas stuff out the day after Thanksgiving, and got going. I'm going to finish up decorating today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I knew it was going to be a lengthy process. That's why I started ahead of time. And then this guy, you know, I know support your local business and local economy and Amazon. Amazon. And Amazon, like, way out. Don't rely on that prime two-day shipping thing because... Yeah, they'll ship in two days, but they're going to take like eight weeks to process your order. So yeah, I had, I had everything, all the shopping done on hand in my house before December 1st. Yeah! And still, you know, I thought December is going to be so chill. For those that don't know, that means really relaxed, laid back, easy going. I got like two things on my calendar. It's gonna be so nice. It's gonna be so relaxing. And don't we always think that's the way Christmas time's gonna go? And then no. And the next thing you know, you're looking at the calendar and there's like something every day. And all of a sudden, the, the season that's supposed to celebrate the Prince of Peace is anything but peaceful. I mean, I mean, just just consider we start. The season of peace on earth and goodwill towards men by going out and having Fight Club the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> we go to the mall and we beat people. I mean, it used to just be, I beat you, I got here first. Now it's, I beat you, I will literally beat you into the ground to get the $250 Xbox One to celebrate Jesus. How did we get here? And even if you're not one of those people, the you know what the worst thing, the worst experiences I've ever had in celebrating the Christmas season was, and God bless you if you're here, working retail. Oh Lord, what is and, and you just it's like we're celebrating Jesus. Why are you a jerk? Admittedly, some of us celebrate Jesus and we're jerks, and that's just the way it is. But something about the Christmas season just brings out the worst in people. And sometimes you go to the store, and even if you don't have Christmas shopping to do, and you look at the people that are working, and they just, there's no joy. There's no holiday goodwill, peace on earth. They're just, I hate Amazon. I hate everything about the world. And then you look at the people they're dealing with, and you're like, bro, I understand. I want you to have peace. This great Prince of Peace. 
He is the Prince of Peace. So let's have some peace this season. That's what I want for you. So I'm just going to share a couple things. That I get. There's two different kinds of peace God wants us. He wants for us. He wants from us. And I just want to share that with you today. And hopefully, if nothing else, when you leave here today, you will at least have some idea about if, if you can't clear your calendar, you can't make your order show up faster, you can't Christmas shop anymore than you already have, hopefully you'll at least be at peace in your heart. So, you got new text, so I have no idea what's going to happen. You kidding? What? I'm sorry, I get freaked out when stuff works the first time. For me, not for you. For me. Uh, in Psalm 85, Lord, you were favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. Selah. I don't know what that means. I don't even know if that's the right way to say it. I think it's Yiddish. And for the record, nobody knows what that means. They think it's like a musical term. So Tyler should be able to do a whole Bible study about this, but I don't know. This psalm uh, references back to a time in the life of Israel when there was no peace. This is, this is right after Israel has first come out of Egypt, and they're wandering around, they're making their way through the desert, and they hate it. It's just terrible because it's the desert, and it's hot, and there's not enough water, and the food is terrible, and personally, going on a limb here, 2500 BC, 1300 BC, 1200 BC, whenever it was, in the desert, a million people, no hygiene. I'm just saying, it can put you on edge. And so this group got together, and they're like, you know what, Moses, we really don't like the God uh, we really think what you're doing is terrible, and you're stupid, and you're lame, and you're leading us to terrible places. We don't like you anymore. Thanks for getting us out of Egypt. We'd like to go our own way now. We reject you. We reject God. We're going to do our own thing. And God's like, really? And they're like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Folks, the one thing I can honestly tell you you never want to do is ask God, what are you going to do about it? It won't always go the same way every time. But in this particular instance, the ground opened up and ate them all. Literally. He's like, you know, and I, I kind of wonder, if they had just, like, been quiet, you know, kind of a little bit, you say, you know what, I don't think this is going to work out. Let's go. And they just sort of crept off in the middle of the night. Maybe it would have been worked out fine. Maybe it would have been cool. But they're, you know, starting to influence the rest of God's people. They're being a bad example. And God's like, uh-uh, no. No, no, no. So ground opens up and eats them all. And Israel sort of goes, I don't think he's doing such a bad job. I kind of like the desert. It's a dry heat. And they all fall back in line. And this, this recalls that moment. Lord, you were favorable. You are so good. You are so favorable to us. You restored our fortunes. 
You forgave us for them. No, stand back there to be had. You covered over our sins. We're all good and really appreciate you. And then he goes on. Let me hear what the God, uh, what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet righteousness and peace. Uh, steadfast love and faithfulness meet righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness is down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. See, once that relationship with God was restored, once, once sin was, was acknowledged and repentance was offered and grace was extended, God's blessing was allowed to manifest. God was allowed to bless them bounteously. I don't actually know if that's a word, but I might have just made one up, and that's a convenient case. Once sin was removed from the picture and atonement was made, God's blessing was allowed to flow. As we talk about peace today, there's two kinds of peace in God's kingdom I want you to be aware of in this first one. Sometimes we need to make peace with God. As you conduct your life, as you go through the journey of the years you have, there will be times when, when God's blessing will not seem to flow, when things just seem to be rocky and stormy all the time, and you start to wonder, where is God? In most instances, if you can't find God in your life, God didn't go anywhere. You know, it's the, uh, the old story of the... Um, and forgive me, yeah, something says Tracy just shared this a couple weeks ago. Maybe not. She may be dealing with me at any point. Farmer, crusty old guy, driving along in his pickup truck. <coughs> and his wife's sitting over there across the bench seat. Bench seats. Those are kind of cool. But now you got a place to put your cup holders, so. His wife's sitting over there against the other door, and they're driving along, and they're driving along. And, you know, they've been married so long, there's nothing to talk about anymore, so they're just driving in silence. All of a sudden, she looks over at him, and she's like, do you remember when we would sit right next to each other? And we'd be so close, we'd be like, just like, right there together. He just drives on, drives in silence. After a little while, she looks over at her, and she says, I'm still sitting in the same seat I always sat in. If you're driving along in life, and you can't seem to find where God went, he's always right exactly where he was. The only one that moved was you. So if you're looking to have peace in your life, the first thing you need to make sure you do is make peace with God. If you have never in your life found yourself at the foot of the cross, asking forgiveness 
and offering up your life to Jesus, there will be no peace. Now, admittedly, we can be distracted from that. This world was not designed for your peace of mind. The devil doesn't want you to have peace of mind. It's not beneficial to you. At the very worst, we look at our lives and we look at the, the toil and the torment, the trial and tribulation, that's all the teas I have, and we go, why am I going, where is God? If God's out there, if God's so good, why am I going through all this? To look at the hardships in our life and blame God for it, that's a win for the devil. But you know, to turn from the hardships, from the hard times, and try to distract ourselves from them with the other things in this world, sex, drugs, alcohol, gambling, power, money, not even bad things sometimes, just random uh, entertainment, pursuit of a job, anything we can do to take our minds off of how terrible life is and what we're going through, that's a win for the devil too. But if you want peace, you have to put those other things aside, and you have to come to the foot of the cross, and you have to say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me for what I am and what I've done. And here's the thing, you don't just do it one time. And it has to be you. God is ready, willing, and able to forgive anything. But in the, in the relationship issues we have with him, God is not the transgressor. God did not do wrong. So it is not God's place to come and look for us and ask our forgiveness. God stands ready, willing, and able to forgive everything. But we have to acknowledge, you know what, God, I messed it up again. And we have to be willing to come back to him every day and look at our life and go, Lord, mess it up again. I'm sorry. Forgive me. God, I, I want our relationship to be established. I want it to be fruitful. I want it to be without distraction. I want it to be without conflict. I want it to be without obstacles. I want a free flow of communication and love between you and me. And I did this thing, or I've done these things, or I keep doing this thing, and I'm sorry. God forgives. God gives peace, but you have to come looking for it. Now, that's not always the case. It's, it's not always, you know, the turmoil in our lives is, is something we've done. Sometimes life is just life. And sometimes it's just, there's, there's an old Hebrew term translated poopy. Sometimes life is just poop. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you. Not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. 
But the day of the Lord will come like a there we go. The day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done in it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? <clears throat> Waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. Recently, in the last handful of years, uh, I personally went through some tough times. Um, some tough times that lasted a, a good handful of years. And uh, it, was a, it was a bad situation that just sort of uh, played out in really slow motion over the course of time. And in, in the course of these tough times, I constantly found myself praying, oh dear God, if, if you would just, just this thing, dear God, if you would just change this one thing here, if you would just change this one person here, if you just resolve this one situation here. And, and over the course of these years, there must have been at least a half dozen really kind of pivotal moments, pivotal prayers where I just, God, if you could just, just give me this one, everything would be okay. And in every instance, God said, uh, no. Not, not a single win. God, come on, I just, I need a win. Give, give, me, give me something. Give me a little, nope. No, everything. It, it was almost, it was like everything I asked, it's like, oh, is this, oh, oh no, I'm going to do the exact opposite. And I kept waiting, I kept waiting. God, just fix this. I'm tired of, I'm, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I just, please, something. Help. And in the course of that time, I found that if, if you're praying for God to fix somebody, God doesn't do that. If, if you're praying for God to, to fix this situation, you know, God, if I, I could just give me peace by, by fixing this person, fixing this thing, fixing these circumstances. That's not where peace comes from. And that's not helpful. The only place you can find peace in the midst of your hard times and your hardship is in God. It is when we grow to the point 
in God that we look at all those other circumstances and all those other things and all those other people and go, you know what, Lord? Even if this doesn't work out the way I want, even if this doesn't get fixed, even if this goes the way it looks like it's going to go and it means nothing good for me, I'm okay. Because I know that you are here and you are, that's, that's Emmanuel. That's the proof of God with us. Lord, I have come to the place, I have grown to the point where I understand my peace is in the fact that you are here with me. And no matter what happens, no matter how bad things go, no matter how these circumstances don't change, no matter how these things keep coming at me, no matter how the people in my life may turn on me or reject me or not help me or whatever, I have peace because I have you. And it's only when we reach that point, and, and ugh, I hate to tell you this, so much, so much about the goodness of God, it's hard to tell you because to get to that point where you have that kind of trust and peace and assurance in God, you have to learn that by going through the hard things. You can't just say, oh, I read it in the Bible, so it must be true. I understand and I believe. Nah, 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 nah. You have to put that to work. You have to actually see how that plays out. You have to go through the poopy. Because when you come out the other side, then you understand. Lord, I get it. No matter what my life faces, no matter what lies in store for me down the road, all is well with my soul because my soul dwells with you. And if you want peace, not just now, not just in this holiday season, but you want peace for your life, you have to come to the point where you accept that if my life is with God, all other things are secondary. Because this verse, this passage just told us about we are living with an eternal, a God for whom a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. And someday we are going to be living in that timeline. Someday you are going to be in a place a gajillion years down the road from now. In math, a gajillion is not a thing. In God's kingdom, I'm pretty sure it is. And you will be there a gajillion years away from now. And you will look back on the absolute most terrible, destructive, heartbreaking, soul-rending parts of your life on this earth not only will it not matter, you probably won't remember. You will be so far removed from that situation in God's presence that that hardship you went through, you'll be like, you know, I, you're telling me this thing. I, I don't. I guess it could have happened. I don't, I don't know. It's like little kids, you know, running around, you little kids. And then they fall, and like you would swear they fell like on a chainsaw. And then a running table saw fell over on top of them. Because that's the level of scream for this injury they just received. The most life-ending injury ever. And then like three seconds later, 
No. In the moment, it seemed like your life was over. Somewhere down the road, time had passed. Your life had been filled with goodness. And those hardships, those tough times, you just don't remember. You want peace today, you've got to find your, and, and, I, and I encourage you, enjoy all the things the holiday season has to offer. Go to the concerts, go to the parties, watch the movies, spend time with family and friends. Take that extra minute to do a good job wrapping a gift. Not like me. More tape is not the answer. If more tape is the answer, just start over. Enjoy everything in the holiday season. But if you're looking for peace, find a friend. Find God's kingdom. Find God with me, and there you will find peace. In Isaiah, and later in Mark, Mark will paraphrase it. It talks about the coming of the Messiah. And how in preparing the way for him, Every mountain must be laid low. Every valley raised up. The uneven ground made smooth. And the rough surfaces made easy. I want to ask you this morning, as you look at your life, as you look at where you are right now, what preparations do you need to make? Because that's what, that's what Advent is. We're looking forward. We're looking forward not to the coming of the Christ, because we were born into that. But we're looking forward to a season where we, we renew that dedication to God. We, we make new that relationship with the Lord. So as you look forward, as you, as you prepare yourself for the coming of the Lord, what preparations do you need to make? Is there something in you that you need to cast aside? Is there something that, that besets you that you need to finally turn your back on? Is there something you just need to go, God, this is no good for me? Here, take this. Maybe there's a situation that you just can't get over, under or around. You're looking at it and you know the only way to go is through and you just got to go, Lord, be with me. Let's do this. What do you need to do to prepare yourself for a new infusion of God's spirit in your life? Because that's what the Advent's for. So this morning, I'm going to play a video. It just runs a couple minutes. Nice, pretty pictures. Nice to be here. Just take a couple minutes. Ask yourself, what do I need to do to prepare myself for the coming of the Lord? And then, when you determine what you need to do, do it. It may be a prayer. It may be something you need to offer up to God. It may be, it may be a situation, a relationship you need to get right. Maybe there's somebody out there in the world you need to go to and you need to say, you know what? This thing between us, I'm sorry. This situation, let's just fix it. Because in the long run of a gajillion years, this huge thing between us is just ridiculous. And it's not worth defending. What do you need to do to find your peace?
policy leaders, not just the policy leaders, everyday people, everyday leaders. There is so much God wants to do for you, God wants to share with you, God wants to give to you. But it all needs to start at the foot of the cross. You stand with me as we close the prayer. bless you with an outpouring of his goodness, his love, and his peace. May you go from this place well aware of what it is you need to do to prepare for the coming, or prepare for the new coming. May we each be obedient and diligent to set about the work God has called us to, and to obediently and faithfully walk always in his ways. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.